Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. Today we have a most amazing Passover story. It's actually a day or so before Passover that this story happened, but it is definitely a Passover story. One day, a certain shliach of the Rebbe in Europe, I think it was in Holland, received a call from the Rebbe's secretary. The Rebbe's secretary said, the Rebbe wants you to deliver a matzah to a Jew in such and such town. Okay, of course. The shliach noted that it was less than 24 hours before Passover. He had many, many things which he had to do before Passover. He had a public seder that he had to get ready for. He had many people to deliver matzahs to before Passover. He had his own cleaning of his home. He had things that had to be done for his own family. He had to get the Chabad house ready. He had a long, long list with a short amount of time left before Passover. This city, which the Rebbe asked him to deliver a matzah to, was many hours' drive away. It would take him several hours, and then it only said a Jew who lived in that city, did not say any address, and then he would have to drive back. It would take a lot, a lot of precious time. But a shliach, of course, is only a shliach if he does the shlichus of the mishaleach. That is, a shliach, according to halacha, only keeps the title and the halachic status of being a shliach if he does the shlichus. If he does not do the shlichus, if he does not do the mission which he was assigned, then he's no longer a shliach. So, of course, he hopped in the car with the matzah, and off he went. It was a long drive. Hours. When he got to the town, he realized it was a very small town. And um, he didn't know where to start looking. He looked around, he looked around, he asked people, are there any Jews who live in this town? And nobody knew of any Jews that lived in the town. It was a small town and people knew each other, generally speaking. And there was apparently no Jews that lived there. He spent time looking everywhere he could think of, asking everybody he could think of, and uh, nothing. So what could he do? He prepared to get to, to, to go back to back back to his own city. He stopped at the gas station, and uh, he asked somebody there, "Do you know if there's any Jews?" And this person said, "You know, I believe that the owner of this gas station actually is Jewish. I believe so." Oh, Baruch Hashem! The shliach grabbed the matzah, ran into the gas station office and asked the man behind the counter, excuse me, sir, are you Jewish, or do you know if there's any Jewish people in town? (laughs) The man behind the counter, his eyes widened, and he fell to the floor in a faint. He literally fainted on the spot. Imagine the scene. The shliach didn't know what to do, he, he, he ran by the counter. He tried to wake up the, the man who had fainted, got him some water, put some water on his forehead, gave him a little bit to drink, woke him up. And he said, what happened? What happened? The man behind the counter sat for a few minutes, trying to collect himself, trying to, to, to calm himself down. 
the rabbi helped him up onto a chair. After a few minutes, the man burst into tears, crying. So it was a few more minutes that the rabbi had to wait until he settled down from the crying. Finally, the man settled down enough to speak. The gas station owner, and this is what he said. He said, Rabbi, I'll tell you why I am crying, and I'll tell you why I fainted. You see, I am Jewish, and I'm quite sure I'm the only Jew in the entire town. I actually came here after World War II, after the Holocaust. I decided being Jewish was no longer going to have anything to do with my life. I moved here intentionally to a place where there are no Jewish people. And I have lived my life without any mention of anything Jewish at all ever since I moved here. And uh, things have, uh, have gone like that. However... A few months ago, maybe six months ago, the priest in our town decided that he wanted me to convert. He knew that I was Jewish somehow or another, and he began to bother me and urge me and invite me and argue with me that I should convert. And I didn't want to convert. Not that I care about being Jewish, but... I don't want to convert also. And the more he bothered me, the more I didn't want to convert. But one day he said to me like this. He said, Irving, that's my, that's my name, Irving, I've been trying to do you a favor of getting you to convert. You know, you live by yourself. You don't have anything to do with our church and our religion. And it was a favor for you that you should convert and become part of our community. But I'm a little bit out of patience with you. And therefore, I'm telling you right now that if you do not convert, I will tell everybody in the town that they should not come to your gas station anymore. And you will be out of business. Nobody will come because I'm the priest of the town. Everybody listens to me. And nobody will come and you will be out of business. That's your choice. Either convert or I will instruct the people of this town not to do business with you anymore. And you will have no livelihood. That's what the priest told me, he said to the rabbi. Irving said to the rabbi. So, I didn't know what to do. Finally, I said to him, no, I'm not going to convert. And he said, okay, you have three days. After three days, if you don't convert, that's when I will tell all the people not to come to your gas station anymore. So I, for the first time in my life that I remember, I said to God, 
some words. I said, God, if you are really there, send me a sign or else I will convert in three days. You see the sun setting, he said to the rabbi. When that sun sets, that's the end of the three days. And I was about to walk over to the priest's house and tell him that I'm ready to convert. But when you walked in, I saw that that was a sign that I asked God for. And sure enough, he gave me the sign. And therefore I know that there is a God. And therefore I know that it does matter that I'm Jewish and that I shouldn't convert. And therefore, that's why I fainted. And that's why I'm crying. I'm really crying out of joy because I'm very happy to know that God did not forget about me. But how did you know that I was here? You were from a city far, far away from here, hours away. How in the world did you know to come looking for me to give me a matzah for Passover? The rabbi said, I'll tell you the truth, I didn't know at all. All I know is I got a phone call from Lubavitcher Rabbi, who I work for. He is the one who sent me to my city to build up Judaism there and teach people about Torah and mitzvahs. And from his office came a call that I should come to this city and I should look for a Jew to give a matzah to. That's all I know about it. And that's the story. Of course, the gas station attendant, uh, gas station owner, was very, very deeply affected. And he went back with the rabbi to celebrate Passover. And eventually, he moved from that town. And he joined up with the Jewish community. And he became very, very deeply involved in Torah and mitzvahs. So from this story, we see that the heart of a Jewish person always has a certain flame burning in it, a flame of love for Hashem. It may be covered over, it may be hidden, but it's always there. We also see that Hashem cares about every single Jew in the entire world. And we see that a real Nasi, a real leader of the Jewish people, also cares about every single Jew in the entire world. Just like Moshe Rabbeinu in the story of the sheep that ran away from the flock. And Moshe Rabbeinu took care of that sheep. And that's why Hashem said, Ah, Moshe, since you care so much about each and every sheep in your flock, you will make a very good leader of the Jewish people. And we also need to care about every single Jew. So if we know a Jewish person who will not be at a Seder this year, it's important for us to reach out to them and try to invite them or make an arrangement for them to be at a Seder. Or if they can't be at a Seder, to try to get um, kosher for Passover food, a Seder plate and matzahs, including handmade shmura matzahs, because every single Jewish person is vitally important to 
all of us. And therefore, it's the time of year that we should try to make sure that every single Jewish person is included. As a matter of fact, our Chachamim tell us about the four sons that are at the Seder. The wise son, the wicked son, the simple son, and the son that doesn't know how to ask a question. Of course, it doesn't have to be a son. It could also be a daughter. But there's actually another son that the Chacham don't speak about. And that is the son or the child or the adult that is not at the Seder because they don't know that it's past Pesach night. They don't know that it's Passover night and that they should be at a Seder or they don't understand well enough to be at a Seder. And therefore, it's so important now in the days before Passover to look for those people who will not on their own come to a Seder and to invite them and try to help them to understand the great importance and beauty of being at a Seder. And in this way, by making sure not to leave out any Jewish person, this will certainly speed the coming of Mashiach when, as the Pasuk says, that Hashem will collect each and every Jew one at a time, one by one, and bring us to the Gula. May it happen immediately. A kosher and happy Pesach.